0: Chapter 92, Llanos de Mojos, Bolivia The Visa Run and Mosquitos We set off, crossed the river, and ploughed our way with the four-wheel drive through the mud. It was dark by the time we arrived at the house, where we'd left the motorbike and provisions. We set Benjamín off to get to estancia which was our goal. We met it just before the rain came down, and we could all relax and enjoy our dinner of tea and bread now that we were here. It was raining in the morning, so we couldn't even go out. We had a rare breakfast which was a nice change from crackers, which is what we eat every day when we're working. Some bloke was hanging around the house all morning and it turned out that his car was stuck and he wanted us to tow him out of the mud. He seemed quite anxious as there were women and children in the car. We had something called masako, which is cheese mixed with some cereal. It was a bit stodgy but very filling. We went back to shelter from the gales and didn't go out again until later when the wind had died down a bit. Toa went into the island with a nest to nail down some metal around the trunk to stop predators from climbing up and eating the eggs and chicks. Benji and I went off bushwhacking around some other islands nearby and saw a few nice birds, including a savannah hawk and a female black-tailed tatyra, but no blue-throated macaws. I was hot and sweaty and stressed out by the mosquitoes. It was quite nice to come back and bathe in the lake. Toa, Benji and I were going back to Trini but Zach was staying put to observe the nest. It was a long drive back, and we were all pretty tired. Toa and I went to the airport to check on a ticket to Guayara on the border with Brazil. I was going to take a little trip up there to renew my visa, and we got a ticket for me leaving tomorrow. Two new recruits had just arrived, Alejandro from Costa Rica and Agostina from Ecuador. I had a quick chat with them, and they seemed really nice. Toa took us all for lunch at a Brazilian buffet place and then gave them the talk that I'd heard so many times before. They were to head straight to the main camp by plane that afternoon, and so I took them off to the market in the truck to buy them supplies. The clutch packed in halfway there, and I was blocking a busy road, so Alejandro and I got out to push while Agostina steered it into a space in front of the church. I ran back to give Toa the bad news, and then the three of us went off to the Pompea market on taxi bikes to buy veggies and other stuff. I could breathe a sigh of relief once it all left on the plane. I dumped most of my stuff in Toa's room and jumped on a bike taxi to the airport. I handed in a slip of paper I'd been given and was given my boarding pass. I sat down on some seats nearby and watched the doors to see when people started going through. It went past the departure time and I realised with horror that I'd been waiting at the arrival doors and the departure lounge was at the other end of the building. Luckily, I was in Bolivia, where nothing ever leaves on time. I got on the plane quite a while later. It was a bit of a battered affair. I was flying with a military airline, TAM. They had a poster with their motto, which had three words, bravery, unity, and something else, but none of them was safety, which made me slightly worried. I arrived safely, though, and found a nice little hotel in Guayara, clean with a nice leafy courtyard. Getting into Brazil and back was all routine, and I was good for another 90 days in Bolivia. Back in Trinidad, I had lots of shopping to do. I was going back to where i left Sack, so we needed supplies. My next days off depended on the birds. If there was a nest, I would stay. If not, I would come back. We had dinner with George, a new guy on the project at La Casona, a restaurant on the plaza. I packed the bare minimum for a three-week stay, even though it could end up a lot longer, and I took a motor taxi to the office. I bought myself my last cold Coca-Cola for a while and got in the truck. The road was dry as a bone, and we made great time, stopping for lunch at a roadside restaurant halfway. I would paid a little extra to sit inside the bus, but felt a little bad as there was a woman sat on top, holding on, on a bumpy road, and she only had one hand. I was really hot, so I had the window down, but I got burnt a nice shade of pink by the time we arrived. None of the family or Zach in the estancia realised that it was me at first, as I'd shaved off my beard. Carlos the father was going off to another ranch for a couple of weeks to work so I said goodbye and threw him a bag of coca leaves I'd brought for him, which brought a smile to his face. In the afternoon, I went with Zack to check on the pair at the nest. The number of mosquitoes had increased to plague proportions, and I ran to get away from a cloud of several hundred that were swarming around me. Zack was laughing. He'd had the chance to get used to them over the last few days. The house was nice and quiet at night, and as they'd put in a solar panel, we even had a light in our little room. What a luxury! Zack and I left early on the bike and I dropped him at the nest island while I went off exploring. It was a great place for birding and had quite different species to most other Estancias. I picked up a lifer for the first time in a while, the dull-capped Attila, a bird of humid forest. I got totally lost and came out near the house and had to walk back up the road about three kilometres to get the bike and pick up Zack. Josefina had made us a nice lunch. I bathed off my sweat in the murky brown water in the lake and relaxed in the heat of the day, reading a book. I'd spotted a pair of blue-throats on my long walk this morning, so I went back to see if I could find them again. A couple of boys started following me along the road, which annoyed me, especially as when I stopped to take a look at a bird, one of the little bastards took a shot at it with his catapult, a cheap toy that everyone buys their sons here. After an hour it started raining though, and I flagged down a truck which dropped me back off at the house. I was tired and slept in a little, so walked fast to get to the nest. There was no using the bike after the rain. When I was getting into the blind to observe the birds, though, they flushed and didn't come back for two hours. It took a while to kill all the mosquitoes that had followed me under the mosquito net, but once I had, it was a little piece of heaven, and with no birds to see, I had a bit of a nap. Walking around in the afternoon, I was permanently surrounded by mosquitoes, and it was starting to drain me mentally. I hoped to be free of them in the evening, but bathing in the lake when I got back, there were loads there too. I really wanted to escape somewhere. The next day it was my turn in the blind, and I sent Zach off to search what he called Jungle Island. But we both came back empty-handed, no birds. The bike started playing up and conked out at one point, but we made it back okay. It was a relief to get back and jump in the muddy lake and wash the sweat off me. About twenty metres out was a large caiman which glared at me with its evil-looking eyes before sinking below the surface. I got out and sat on the wooden platform over the water instead, just in case. I dropped off Zach in the afternoon at a GPS point toe, wanted us to check out while I took the bike off to do some mapping. Riding on the bike meant no mosquitoes and I made the most of it. I still had to get off and walk for long distances across the ever-taller grass, I heard a loud honking sound at one point and got closer to see the attractive buff-necked ibis. I was tired though and had enough of mosquitoes for a lifetime.